0: Good morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldezan with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, between two of us, we will try to answer any automotive
1: question you might have.
0: Why don't you call us 291-6901. That'll get your right straight to us. That's right, and you put a 225 in front of that, you can reach us from anywhere inside the continental United States this morning. We would love to hear from you, get a different perspective of what's going on around the country. Weather couldn't be too much prettier anywhere else than it is here. A little bit cloudy, but gorgeous. Yeah, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> of course, we know it's, it's fixing to warm up uh, considerably in just the not-too-distant future. I was just fixing to say, it's fixing to come a shower or two this weekend, so tomorrow's right. supposed to be pretty much a washout, but... There's always stuff to do inside. That's a fact. As long as I don't have to get out there, hey, I'm fine. There you go. (laughs) And all those four folks who have to get out and muddle around in the rain. I know. Hey, I'm sorry for you, man. That's it. (laughs) We get a lot of calls about different topics and all. And of course, this time of year, one of the calls we get a lot of, and understandably, is air conditioning problems. Correct. So I thought we might talk a little bit about air conditioning today and stuff like that. Some of the things to do some of the things not to do right there you go with it with air conditioning so one of the biggest problems that i see and of course one of the biggest problems with air conditioning is that it will quit cooling and one of the number one causes of that is a leak somewhere in the system sure and when the system leaks the refrigerant leaks out and the level gets low so it either quits cooling as well or it quits cooling completely Correct, because there is actually a a pressure valve in the system. When the pressure comes down below a certain point, it actually turns the compressor off. That's right. Well, what happens is that the refrigerant is not only necessary to produce the coal or remove the heat,
1: Mm -hmm. remove the heat,
0: but it's also necessary to transport the oil in the system, which is critical to the compressor. Keeps it lubricated. Right. The compressor doesn't have an oil pump and a filter and all that like a car does. Uh What happens is that refrigerant oil... In modern cars, it's going to be R134A is the refrigerant, and they use an oil called PAG oil, which is a synthetic-based oil, and the oil actually circulates with the refrigerant. Correct. It's going around in the system all the time, sort of like a two-cycle engine where the lubricant is mixed with your fuel. And so as it goes through the cylinder, it lubricates the cylinder. Now, what happens is that if the system gets undercharged and you continue to drive it like that, Number one, the pressure is going to go down, but more importantly, it's going to starve the compressor for oil, and that's one of those things that ends up burning a compressor up. Right, because any leak that will leak the pressure out is also going to leak the oil out. It can leak the oil out, and when the pressure drops below a certain point, it's no longer going to transport the oil in a sufficient amount. Another thing that happens is the system will get low, and so the oil doesn't circulate quite as well. The compressor starts to wear, which produces debris. Now, the debris cycles through the system with the oil in the refrigerant, and there's either going to be an expansion valve or there's going to be an orifice tube, depending on what type of system you have. And both of those are going to have a little filter in them. Mm-hmm. And that's good because it catches a little bit of debris that comes out, but it's also bad in a way because it doesn't take much to plug that little screen up. Right. It's a real fine micron uh, that's filter. That's correct. Now, when the screen plugs up and starts restrict the first thing it's going to do is block the all flow because Correct. oil is a lot thicker than refrigerant refrigerant is a gas sure so and it's going to make its way through it where can the make its way through but the oil is liquid and it's a thick viscous liquid so when it blocks the all flow then the next thing that's going to happen is the compressor is just going to go to pieces it's, sure it's because it has, tornate, it has no more lubrication just like an engine trying to run with no oil in the engine it's almost exactly the same thing so it's pretty critical when the system starts to not cool as well as it cooled before it's pretty critical to get that properly diagnosed and repaired because if you choose well i'm just going to drive it around like that Uh let's say the weather's getting cooler so i'm just going to leave it like it is now if that's what you're going to do then you need to turn it off or unplug the compressor and don't use it because if you continue to use it with a low charge it's not going to circulate the oil the compressor is going to sustain damage Now, when the compressor starts to go bad, the debris is going to fill the system. It's going to plug the orifice tube, which is going to cause further damage. At some point, it's going to clog the condenser up. Right. It's going to fill all those little mufflers up in the lines with metal. And now you're into a full system replacement. It's going to be your only fix. Right, because if that does happen and you choose to find someone to put just a compressor on, you're using the compressor as a filter Yeah. Well, because that trash is going to be picked up and it's gonna be fed right back to right. that compressor. The compressor wasn't a problem in the first place. What happened is that let's say the hoses got old and got dry rotted and started leaking and some moisture leaked in, it overloaded the filter dryer, then it started to break down the filter dryer. That went in, restricted the oil flow. The oil flow burnt the compressor up
1: and the compressor
0: filled the compressor system. filled the system with metal and then failed. Correct. Well, you go in and put a compressor on it. Well, what are you doing, man? I mean, come on, man. It's a filter now. Yeah, well, I mean, because everything, we still got bad hoses. We still got a contaminated filter dryer. We got a condenser and that's expansion valve full of metal. Full of metal. The average life of that compressor is going to be probably one week to one month, right? Somewhere. I mean, if you're very lucky, it might last three months, but that's unusual. So what you did is you just blew about a thousand to fifteen hundred bucks on a compressor just to see how fast you could burn it up again. Well, and the problem with that is when that compressor comes loose, it puts more metal in the well, system. Well, now we've got the debris from two compressors in Correct. the system. So when you go shopping around for air conditioning repair, and the first thing you do is you go to shop, and he says, well, the compressor's bad. Well, how much? Okay, well, he gives you a price. Then you check around, another guy, well, he'll do it for less. The next guy, he'll do it for less. Well, all he's doing is putting a rebuilt compressor on the system which is not going to do anything at all. He hasn't diagnosed the problem. We don't know why the compressor failed. He's just changing one component out of a totally contaminated system. Right. And that's why one guy is going to tell you $900 and the other guy is going to tell you $2,500. Now the nine hundred dollars, you just as soon take nine one hundred dollar bills and open the set window. them on fire. Oh yeah. yeah, and just sit there and watch them burn. At least you will get the entertainment of watching them burn. You know? That? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of fun there. Yeah, or light a cigar with them. At least you can act like a big bad for a little <laughs> while. You know, but you have not only absolutely threw your money away, you have actually made it way way worse. Sure. Now. Again, 900 to 2500 is a big, big difference. But if you're going to throw 900 away, you still need to do the 2500 to have air conditioning. Exactly. So now you're, what, $3,400 into a system that could have been fixed for $25 the first time. So that's the kind of issue that you're going to get into when you don't go in and diagnose the problem. Now, the second big issue that we get is the system quits cooling. And because it seems like it's low on refrigerant. The first thing people want to do is yeah, they want know, to throw some more yeah, in. Get it. a can and put some more refrigerant in. It. Right. Well, there are a number of things that can make a system diminish cooling sure. other than being low on refrigerant. So the first thing you have to do, if you suspect that's the problem, is that you have to go in, evacuate the system, measure the charge, and see if you are indeed low on refrigerant or not. If you're not low on refrigerant, that is not the problem. Exactly. Now you we need, need to, need to, to go start further. looking somewhere else. And. You can't check that by putting a set of gauges on. I know back twenty years ago you could. Or well, you, you, were de- you, could. you were dealing with a different refrigerant that was designed to run with gauges. Well, not only that, but you had a system that held five pounds of refrigerant. So the amount you put in is pretty a critical. When you had five pounds, and let's say you put five pounds and five ounces, it wasn't, wasn't that, that far overcharged. You are ten percent overcharged. It wasn't that big of a deal. But systems today may only hold twelve ounces. Correct. So, let's say it holds 12 ounces and it's fully charged. You stick 12 ounces more, which is one can of refrigerant. Now, it is 100% overcharged. Compressor goes grenade. Right. When it does, it, because it can't stand that kind of pressure, it blows compressor apart. Now, you've contaminated the entire system. Now, you get into a full system replacement. Or something that was never the problem in the first place. And you still got to fix the original problem. And when you say full system replacement, that's compressor, hoses, condenser, evaporator. Very often. Everything in the system. Very often because a lot of the hoses have little mufflers and stuff in them that will trap debris. And it will trap it only for a period of time. Then it's going to go on through. But there's no Correct. way to clean them. So, I mean, if you got just a pure, straight piece of hose whether it's rubber or metal you can flush through that but if it's got those little mufflers on it you're not going to clean that so that's going to have to be replaced as well right if not the job's coming right back on you and it's going to be way more expensive the next time around now some of the things that can cause a air conditioner to diminish cooling other than being low on refrigerant and one of the number one things is airflow because what a air conditioners do it's not producing cold, right Popular it's actually, making coal it's actually removing heat it's removing heat it's a heat exchanger called an evaporator core the heat is attracted into the coal because heat will flow to coal energy flows to a lack of energy so the heat goes to the evaporator the refrigerant picks it up it transports it out to the compressor which compresses it into a high pressure gas then it goes to the condenser where it flashes to a low pressure now when the gas changes state from a high pressure liquid to a low-pressure gas, it gives off heat. Words, when matter changes state, it either absorbs or gives off energy. Mm-hmm. It gives off the heat at the condenser. That's that hot part out by the radiator that you touch and burns your fingers. Right. Now, you have to have air flowing through the condenser or it will not be able to give that heat off. Now, when you're going down the interstate 65, 70 miles an hour, that's not much of an issue because we have wind blowing through, and it's pretty much giving off the heat, and that, everything's working great. Mm-hmm. But when you come to an idle, what happens is there's no more airflow. So there's a big fan or series of fans. Sometimes there's two. Sometimes there may be three. Right. Most time on modern cars, they're electrically controlled. When you come to a stop, those fans have to be cycled on. And when they come on, they remove the heat from the condenser, which lowers the head pressure, which allows the system to work. Because you can't remove heat from the car unless you give it off at the condenser.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, let's say the fans are coming on, but they're not coming on fast enough because the computer can run this fan anywhere from maybe 10% up to, to 100%. Right. Let's say they're running at 20% speed. You look down, you see the fans, on. that's not it. The fans are running. No, no, no. They only run the fans, 20%. Right. The fans aren't running fast because enough. Because it could be a fan module's by bad. It could be a pressure sensor that's bad. It doesn't know the pressure's too high. It Mm -hmm. could be a temperature sensor is bad. It could be a loose wire. It could be someone put substandard fans on the car. Sure. Any number of things can cause a lack of airflow. Now, when the air doesn't flow, the first thing that's going to happen is the system's going to start warming up, particularly when you come to an idle. Now, if you put a set of gauges on it, what you will notice is that the high side pressure goes sky high which is starting to cause damage to the compressor. We're going to go ahead and take a quick little break. We'll if talk a lot more about this when we get back. Ever plan to motor west Travel my way, take the highway, that's the best I get
1: your kicks on Route 66 six. Hey, Lewis
0: Alvazan, Magco Automotive. This year we celebrate 40 years in business and you won't believe the people calling in to congratulate us.
1: Hey, Lewis, it's Jay. You know, I'm in the cars myself, and 40 years of business is amazing, just amazing. You know, if I still had my show, I'd have you in the interview, chat just like that. Mr. Altazan, congratulations from your old pal, Jack. 40 years is quite an accomplishment, and that's the truth. I should know, because I can handle the truth. Uh, Lewis, it's, it's me, Oz 40 years I got I him Bloody amazing Sharon, where's my cell phone? Oh, that's right I, I, I'm on it and Now I've got to find my glasses
0: Well, it's been really nice getting all these calls I guess in this day and age, people really appreciate An automotive repair shop that does good work And will never steal your own Agco, after 40 years, it's still the place to go Automotive Hour and host Lewis with Mr. Brian. Terry, hatred hey, to us. We'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go and give us a call? Your car won't start, won't stop, old brakes squeaking, belt squeaking. That's right. Right now is a great time to call, too. That's right. Got all our lines wide open. Be glad to get you a live and in-person answer. And should you happen to miss that opportunity this morning, That's you can right. always go to our website and get your questions answered that way. The address is agcoauto.com that is a g c o a u t o.com there is a contact bar on each and every page just click the button fill out the form and click the next button to send it on in that's right and as soon as i get it i'll get you an answer back now on weekends i may not be hovering over the computer so it may be up to 24 hours but uh-huh. usually a lot quicker than that and after about eight o'clock and that's we're... right i'm i'm <laughs> sound asleep so you won't get one in so and of course if you call if you're emailing from somewhere around the world you got to kind of do the little adjustment on there. Time, you go. You'll get it back from within 24 hours and sometimes a whole lot sooner. Sometimes I'm sitting right at the computer and I'll just send it right on back. Right. During the day, I try to check my email several times a day. You know, uh-huh. You at shop, as soon as I get a break, I'll go in and check the email and Folks, a lot of times will say, "Well, why can't I just call you?" I said, "Well, I just can't. I just don't have time to take calls because I'm trying to get all the cars in and out of the shop." And they said, "Well, you answer email." I said, "Yeah, I know, but I can stop and do the email when I get a break." Right. It's not something I got to stop, break up my chain of thought because I'm in the middle of trying to concentrate on diagnosing this car, and I got to stop, switch gears, go to something else, and then come back and try to figure out where I was. And, and right, and just take so much. It's, well, so much is lost in the. In the meantime, you make mistakes, and when you make mistakes, someone's paying for that I was going to say, mistakes are money. That's right. It's not fair to the other person to stop and interrupt somebody in the middle of working on their car where one percent of their attention is required. So with an email, when I am not doing anything else, once I get all my estimates written and maybe there's a break or a breather, then I can stop and answer that. So that's why we do it that way. Uh-huh. I hope everybody understands, but that's just the only possible way. I just can't come to the phone and answer calls all day long. Well, and that's why we do this show on Saturday morning. Well, and I have two employees at the shop who can answer any question you got. That's if, it. If you need to know anything about doing this with Agco, I absolutely guarantee you they can answer your question. Both of them yep. have been trained by me, and they <laughs> both can answer any question that can be answered. Right. So just give them a shot, and they'll answer your questions for you and get the car in and get it all scheduled. And once we check it, then you're going to have one percent percent of my undivided attention. <laughs> <laughs> but in the interim just send me an email and i'll be glad to get an answer back to you we were talking a little bit about air conditioning uh-huh. this time of year of course it's absolutely gorgeous day oh here. it is beautiful morning yeah it's been unusually cool this year we really hadn't had that blasting hot that we normally start getting this time of year right i, I like that them cool morning oh yeah it, it was gorgeous all day. Yesterday, I was walking around the French Quarter, and, boy, it was just beautiful. must have been in the low 80s, a right. little breeze blowing, low humidity. So. As long as that breeze is blowing, it's oh, not yeah, too bad. Very, very, very nice, particularly down by the river where you get that uh, uh-huh. cool air off the river. But we were talking about air conditioning, and particularly we're talking about some things that will cause them to not cool other than being low in refrigerant. Correct. And I know that's one thing that can cause them not to cool, but it's not the only thing. And just assuming that's the problem and adding more refrigerant can absolutely destroy the entire system. Oh, it definitely will. In our example we gave just before the break, let's say the cooling fans are not operating or not operating properly. Well, what happens is that the high side head pressure has gone sky high. That head pressure is roughly supposed to be twice the ambient temperature Plus forty, right? For instance, if it's eighty degrees outside, it should be eighty plus eighty, which is one sixty plus forty. It ought to be right around two hundred. Now, if the fan is not blowing, that may go to four hundred, right? Now, when you go and dump more refrigerant in it, it's going to go even higher than that. That type of pressure will destroy the compressor and may actually damage the evaporator core. Right, it may open up the the core itself. Right, it can it can bust the tubes in it. It can cause the folds to unfold. And both of those are obscenely expensive repairs. Well, sure. Particularly the evaporator core, because you had to pull a whole dash out to fix that. Yeah, I'll tell you what. You walk behind one and look, and you see the back of the firewall? Yeah. That is an eerie experience. Absolutely right, because that evaporator core, when they're building the car, goes into a case, it's bolted together, that's bolted to the firewall, then everything else put on top of it. Right. So, consequently, when it has to come out, it's Everything. all got kind of to reverse that procedure. There mm-hmm. are a handful, a few of the Japanese cars you can actually get the evaporator core out without going dash. Uh-huh. Some of your Hondas and Acuras actually have a, like an access panel that you can uh, get right. out. But even those on the more later model cars, they're getting away from that. They're going more to the sealed up type systems. Ironically, right at the time when they have more evaporator core failure. <laughs> <laughs> so kind of a perfect storm of, right. <laughs> of expense to the consumer. But that is just one of the things. If those fans either do not operate or do not operate properly. Now, another thing right along the same lines is that condenser has air flowing through it constantly. Mm -hmm. Air is full of dust and dirt Dirt. and debris. Mm -hmm. If you don't believe that, just dust the table off in your house. Come back a week later and see how much dust is on that table. That dust is floating around in the air all the time. That fan is drawing it through the condenser, and it tends to stick, Mm -hmm. and that will block the airflow. So sometimes when you start to lose efficiency, what's happened is that the condenser is actually restricted. Now, that's a real, real, real simple fix. You can take something like a garden hose, okay. go and just wash that out real thoroughly, mm-hmm. and sometimes you can restore the efficiency to your air conditioner. Not only that, you may prevent a compressor failure. Sure. Because when the head pressure starts going higher, there's a reason. So one of the first things you might want to do is go in and clean the condenser. Now, there are some chemicals on the market particularly designed for cleaning home condenser units right i don't really like those too much because most of those are designed to work with something a lot heavier than what's in a car if they have any type of a caustic or acidic type chemical chemical in there you can actually eat through that condenser pretty easy those are pretty much paper thin they're they're a lot thinner than a home unit well everything on a car is built real real light because they're trying to make all the money (laughs) and if you're gonna clean it, just take a garden hose and maybe put your thumb over the end to increase the pressure, and just wash that out real, real good. Best right. to do that without the engine running. You know, there's go in, clean that real good, let it all drip dry, and then crank the motor because you don't want to blow all that water on top of the engine because it can get into some of the connectors and stuff mm-hmm. on the motor and cause you all kind of other grief. But cleaning the condenser is one of the most overlooked things. Really, about once a year, it doesn't hurt to go and clean the condenser. It's one of the few things. That you can actually do to prevent an air conditioning problem. Right Now, right along those lines, a couple of other things that you can do to kind of prevent air conditioning problems. One is to make sure the belt on your car is in good shape. Mm -hmm. Because if the belt starts to wear, with the EPDM rubber belt, you a lot of times will not get a squealing noise. That belt will wear, it will start to slip, and it won't squeal. And not only that is it's not gonna break anymore between the ribs, it's it not gonna all that. look it's not gonna look bad. Right. It may not look bad at all. So you almost have to go in with some type of a gauge and measure it or just replace it due to the mileage. Mm-hmm. Because what will happen is that if that belt starts to slip just a little bit, it starts to generate a tremendous amount of heat in the AC compressor clutch. Because that compressor is pulling up to forty horsepower a force. So it takes a lot of pressure to turn it, a lot of force to turn it. If the belt is allowed to slip even slightly it's going to start to generate heat and heat is going to end up burning up the compressor clutch some of the clutches can't be replaced without changing the whole compressor right and if it's got a lot of miles on it a lot of times the clutch will cost almost as much as the compressor anyway so that's one another thing you can do if you keep that belt in good shape then that will help to prevent air conditioning problems now right along the same lines what keeps the belt tight on almost all cars, back in the old days, you had like a little slotted plate, and you would loosen it up, and it would take a pry pulley. bar and pull it over, and you tighten the, the little V belt. Mm-hmm. But now you have a serpentine belt. This belt is designed to—it's a wide belt, and it actually runs on both sides of the belt. Mm-hmm. And what keeps it tight now is called an automatic belt tensioner. It's actually a spring-loaded tensioner with a wheel on it. That runs on the back side of the belt that keeps it at a yeah, certain, certain tension, tension mm-hmm. is what I was looking for. Right. And that has a service life of about 100,000 miles. Okay. So when you get to your 100,000 mile service, one of the things that gets overlooked all the time. time and that's the belt tensioner correct it's really best at 100,000 to change the belt and the tensioner if it hadn't been done before mm-hmm. and be aware that some cars actually have more than one tensioner for instance your chevy pickup trucks your Tahoes, your suburbans all that right have the big belt tensioner that operates serpentine belt and on the older models there's also a, a smaller serpentine belt. air conditioned belt tensioner right and the newer ones use a stretch belt. They've eliminated the tension because they were trying to get away from the tension wearing out, burning up the compressor. So they uh-huh. went to a stretch belt that actually wouldn't change the belt now. It's a, it's like a big rubber band right? kind of holds everything tight. We'll talk a little bit more about that. Let's take one of our phone calls. We've got CJ online. Good morning, CJ.
1: Uh, good morning. How are you today? Doing great, sir. Doing great. I have a 2001 Toyota Tacoma mm-hmm. four-cylinder. Okay, sir. The air conditioner seems to be cooling fine, but the compressor is making noise. I added just a container of oil to it uh, for extra lubrication, Mm -hmm. but it's making fluttering-type noise, and as you increase the speed, well, the noise gets louder.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, when they start making noise, CJ, the first thing is to make sure it is actually the compressor because sometimes the clutch can make noise, and that can be replaced on a Toyota without changing the compressor. Another thing that has fooled me before is sometimes one or more of the bolts that attach the compressor to the engine will get loose and you'll get a noise, you'll swear the compressor's about to come apart, and it's really just the bolts are loose, and the compressor is rattling on the engine. Mm-hmm. So if putting oil in it did not affect it at all, I would first off check those two things and make sure it's not a non-compressor problem. Now, all that being said, if the compressor is actually making noise, you put all it didn't quiet down at all, you probably have internal damage in the compressor. It's probably almost too little too late right now, because what you need to do is break one of the lines where the orifice tube is, inspect the orifice tube and if there's a bunch of metal in the tube then you know right you got a major issue if there's not a lot of debris in a system it would really really behoove you to go ahead and change the compressor before it fails because once it fails not only will you be changing the compressor but you'll be changing the expansion valve and the condenser because those are going to be contaminated you're not going to be able to clean them so at this point you may get by with just a compressor and a filter dryer so real important to isolate make sure the noise is the compressor and not just something on the compressor because mm-hmm. that would be really great news
1: well with it with all of this said with it making noise and mm-hmm. well it's still cooling yes mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just that i guess it's on the verge of going well going to fail then. yeah it's
0: going to fail it's just like an engine you know when an engine starts to rattle and knock it may still run but it's going to come apart It's going it does apart. It's tear the whole engine up so I would be sure there's sometimes like a belt tensioner will make a noise. And when you turn the AC on, you hear noise, turn it off, it goes away. But the reason it goes away is because you're cutting about 40 horsepower load off that belt system. So I've seen things in the drive belt system actually make a noise only when the compressor's on. And people think it's the compressor. Mm -hmm. So just a good idea to have someone maybe... Put a professional eye on that and make sure it is a compressor. I have a thorough check. I would. And if it is a compressor, the first thing I would do is vacuum the system, open the line, check the office tube. If the office tube is clean, I would change the compressor right now. I would not wait for it to fail because when it fails, you're going to double gonna right. the size of the job.
1: Right. And the accumulator also, because that can deteriorate over time. Well, yeah.
0: You, every time you open a system, basically, you're changing the, the receiver dryer. The so. receiver
1: dryer, right. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay, and how much would it you
0: charge to just give a check on it? The way we charge for everything we do, C.J., is we bill by the hour. Our hourly rate is $95 an hour. We charge in one-tenth of an hour increments. Okay. And if I spend 15 minutes, I'm going to charge you 15 minutes. If I spend a half hour, I'm going to charge you a half hour. Yes. That would not take more than an hour. It would be an hour or less. Okay. And I like to be fair with people. Some people have a flat rate. I don't do that. I just charge for time spent. If I crank it up, and in five minutes I can hear the compressor's is fixing to come apart, I'm going to stop right there <laughs> and tell you. You know, it's yeah. no sense checking a whole bunch of other stuff. But yes, sir. But if we find where it's something else, I may spend a little more time isolating the actual problem, but that's going to be good news. That's going to be money well spent because we're not changing the compressor. We don't have to change.
1: Correct, correct. All righty. Well, thank you, sir, and have a good day. All right, CJ. Thank you. Thanks, for calling okay. man. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
0: All right, we're going to take another quick little break. Right back with more on the will be Hi, folks. Lewis Alvesan here from Agco Automotive. Our team is celebrating 40 years in business, and we're getting congratulatory calls from all kinds of characters, and I do mean characters.
1: Zeeks, you know, Lewis, me and Scoob will never forget the time that you fixed the alignment on the mystery machine. 40 years is really far out, man. <laughs> Lewis, there's a lot of lily-livered varmints out in the automotive world, but not of you. You're the best north, south, east, and west of the Pecos. Hats off to 40 years, partner. Don't! 40 years is almost higher than I can count. My only complaint is that you don't give away free donuts. Oh, donuts. Donuts. <sighs>
0: Well, it seems like high quality automotive care in this day and age is still appreciated. I just can't believe all these characters really call. Oh, well, they always say, I am quite an animated guy. Agco. After 40 years, it's still the place to go. Hey, welcome back. This is the Automotive I'm Your host is Lewis with Mr. Brian Terry. Hey, Tools, we're trying to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go and give us calls? 291 6901. And, and we were talking earlier about right. air conditioning troubles right. and things that would make the air conditioner quit working. And we were talking about the condenser, right, getting dirty and everything. One thing we failed to mention at that mm-hmm. point was the condenser can be damaged in several ways. That's right. You're driving down the road, a rock flies up, goes through the condenser, knocks a hole in it, a little tiny pinhole in it, and doesn't it's take much. Make all the refrigerant out. Another right. thing is that the fins can get flattened out. And a lot of times that happens when someone's doing some service work improperly on the car. And they lean, on, they it lean or on it or whatever. And they right. smash those little fins flat, and now the air can't flow through it anymore. So the condenser is basically compromised. I've had mm-hmm. them come in where 30% of the fins have been flattened out. Right. Some jughead stuck his hand smashed it. <laughs> and the car, the, the high-side pressure is going to start overheating. Sure. And so when that happens, then, you know, the condenser is bad, and it's going to cause further damage. It needs to be addressed. And a condenser is right there on the front of the vehicle. That's right. It's easy to see. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to our fall. Mark. Good morning,
1: Mark. Yes, sir. Speaking of that condenser right at the front, I was going to ask. I, I like the idea of spraying it off and cleaning mm-hmm. it. It's a simple and effective thing, you know. Yes. But mine, it's got like the honeycomb Dodge grill, you know, and it's really tight. Yes, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I can't even really hit it good with water. What would well, you recommend? Just remove the grill. That's not – that probably takes
0: about 30 minutes to remove that grill at most, maybe less than that. 30 <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, at most. Just a few little old pins and stuff in there. But, yeah, sometimes you're going to have to remove the grill to get to it properly. There's really no other effective way to do it. Yeah. You can't take the condenser out to clean it, because if you can do that, you just can put a new condenser in Right.
1: Yeah. So, the original reason I call it is it has got a brand new set of tires, mm-hmm. and it's pulling to the right. What's okay. the first thing that comes to your mind?
0: Well, was it pulling before you put the tires No. On? Was not pulling before? Well, I'd cross two front tires and see if it pulls the other way. Right. That's very, very common, depending right. on what brand it is. In some brands, and we're not going to talk about brands on the right. air, but in some brands, that is just, and we don't even try to align the car. We see those tires, first thing we do is cross tires.
1: So I'm you would blame the tire, though, initially? Well, no, I would no. check it. I would yeah. check and see if that's what it is first. I wouldn't <laughs> right. go do anything else. Well, if I swap sides and it pulls the left, then what would you you got say? a bad tire and you take it back. Really? Yes, sir. Okay, okay, good to know. You, now, um, one more tiny thing. I, I had emailed you, Lewis, because I had uh, some knucklehead put stop leak in this car okay. before I bought it. Just want to know if that's something I can do at home as far as just changing coolant, sure, draining it, and refilling it. Yeah, sure. And just, do you uh, know... I mean, it, do I have a special purge process?
0: No, no, now, Now it's going to be self-bleeding. self-bleeding. But what you need to do is go to my website, yeah, type in the word coolant, read all of those articles on coolant before yeah, you start. And I that did. way you know what you're doing. But don't put any kind of chemical in it. No, don't no put no. any kind of flushing. Change your fluid... Very often, like maybe every three or four months for a few times to get it okay. all out. That's the most effective cleaning. It doesn't hurt anything.
1: Right, and I did look at the site and everything. I just mm-hmm. didn't know what system was in mind, you know. Yeah, you
0: know, it'll bur- Almost all the new stuff has a surge tank. Uh-huh. The, if the pressure cap is on the reservoir,
1: uh-huh. then you're going to have a
0: surge-type system.
1: Okay. And that's going to self-bleed. Okay. And, I mean, as far as just me at home, how would you recommend draining it?
0: I don't like taking that little petcock out of the radiator because a lot of times we take those out, they won't go back in, yeah. they'll start leaking. A lot of times, the most effective way is just to go ahead and pull a lower radiator hose and let it drain. Right. And if you're at home, you probably can't get it up high enough to get the block plugs out, so you just got to do it more often. If you do it two or three times, it's not going to make that much difference. In the shop, we can get it up in the air, and sometimes we can pull the block plugs and drain the engine block as well, but that's out of the range of a person working at home.
1: And it was recommended to me, it says that right that the G05 is approved by Chrysler Yeah,
0: I go to Chrysler and buy the real stuff. Yeah.
1: You wouldn't go with that?
0: I would not, no, sir.
1: Well, how can they say that it's approved well, by that carmaker? They, they can
0: say whatever they want. Really? If, if it was me, it was my car, i go yeah. to Chrysler and buy the right stuff. Okay. So even though it's, it's well, chemically the same. <laughs> go ahead and <laughs> do what you want. <laughs> well, no, You're I not going to listen. Mean. Do what you want. No, no, no. I'm listening. I'm I telling got... you right now. Go to Chrysler and buy the right coolant.
1: Go, okay. Yeah. Yep. So the Cheap, only one. Way cheaper. Gotcha. All right, and and one more tiny thing. Uh, I'm just I'm concerned about that stoply collecting around every little thing in the system. Does it does. I mean, it, it, does that come out on its own, or is it just there well, forever and it's going to ruin the, you know, water pump knows, eventually? Or? The only thing you can
0: do is go through and change the coolant a few times and hope for the best. I mean, if the thermostat goes bad, you got to change the thermostat, too. Right. The only other option is tear the whole motor down, take it apart, hot tank it, and, you know, go from there. But that's oh,
1: silly. there, you know? Uh, I mean, just go ahead,
0: and, yeah, go ahead and flush it out and just see what happens. I mean, if something else goes bad, you'll have to deal with it, but... I would say I would go in, change cooling out a couple of times, see what happens.
1: Right. So measure what comes up, put back that amount.
0: You can, yes, sir. Or just fill it to its full. <laughs> That's I was going to say. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Okay. Very good. All right. Lewis, Brian, thank you so much. Have a great weekend. Okay, right, Mark. Then. Thanks, man. Thanks.
0: Bye-bye. <laughs> All right, 291-6901 is the number. If you want to part of the Automotive out, we'd love to have you. And going back to our phone lines with Herb. Good morning, Herb.
1: Good morning. Yes, sir. i just going to tell you about everybody has got pressure washers nowadays, uh-huh. and I had the wild idea once upon a time to, yeah, clean, don't my, do that. to clean my love <laughs> bugs and all off. And yeah. It took a long time with a fucking knife to all them fins out. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah,
0: yeah, no, pressure washer can not only flatten all your fins out, but you can actually tear. You can cause the fins to tear loose from the tubes, and it'll start <clears> leaking. <throat> so. Right. Yeah, no, you, just a garden hose with finger pressure on the hose is much, much, much more effective.
1: All right, I just want to throw that in. All right, bye-bye. All
0: right, 291-6901 is the number. That's a good point. It is. Uh, pressure washers are good for cleaning some things. Yeah, uh, On a car, yeah, uh, I don't like probably, pressure washers. They, want they want don't put, mix. Don't want to put it anywhere around a car. <laughs> I've, I've seen people open the hood and wash the engine down with a pressure washer mm-hmm. and cause all kinds oh, yeah. of trouble. Of course, it doesn't start, and that's probably the first, just that's beginning the, the beginning of the the beginning, yeah, there. Exactly. We were talking about ACs and Uh failures and the different types of failures and all that. Now, one thing we had to call early, he says, I've got noise in my AC compressor. A lot of times, that does get misdiagnosed. Yes, it does. Because what happens is that when you turn the compressor on, the noise starts. You turn the compressor off, the noise stops. Right. So, it's logical to assume that's the problem. Well, and I've even seen people take the belts off, crank it up, no noise. Right. So, we put the belt back on, turn the compressor on, the noise is there. Right. But it gets mixed diagnosed. taken a lot of load, like I said, 40 horsepower or so to turn that compressor. You've taken a tremendous amount of load off all the drive system and belts when you you take the compressor out of the system. So I've seen things like a bad belt tensioner cause that. I have seen the harmonic balancer bad. And when you turn the AC on, it starts wobbling and makes a knocking noise, sounds exactly like the compressor's coming apart. Yep and guy goes he buys a cheap junk rebuilt compressor takes off the good compressor he's got turns it in for a core turns it in for a core does not charge the system properly well now he has an ac problem. sure and he it still, still has the, the noise. same noise <laughs> brings it to you and well you've got a bad harmonic balancer but now you got a junk compressor that doesn't make enough pressure and you can't get your old compressor back right and the system's been overcharged so you may have an evaporator core out now exactly so you can't just jump to conclusions and go off start swapping parts particularly with the level of parts that you can get from the average parts store right and a lot of times folks who don't work on cars every day just have no clue the difference in parts and i mean we get parts in we turn them around at the door oh, they don't even make it out in the shop sometimes yeah some of the good name brand stuff even the oem stuff right doesn't even meet their specs coming out of the box and we got to wear with wherewithal to check about 90 percent of the stuff that comes through uh-huh. but we start inspecting parts from forward that are 700 percent out of their spec right out of the box <laughs> what's going on with this right and it's because so much of this stuff is made offshore now and again there was a time when you could buy a brand name and get a you could, b- very good part right and now another thing just tip for what it's worth uh-huh if you see the words lifetime warranty right on a part run like the devil because i can absolutely guarantee you that is a piece of junk right the way they give a lifetime warranty is this part is so cheap that you're going to get tired of putting more on before they get tired of giving you more
1: exactly that
0: is a gimmick that is a indication generally of a really bad part so if you see the word lifetime warranty you know that is not what you want on your car Mm -hmm. because you're going to spend the rest of your lifetime trying to get this thing straightened out or give <laughs> up <laughs> or give up yeah well so often that's, that's what happened we had a guy put one of these starters on his car and it's about two hour job to change the starter well mm-hmm. he puts the first one on it lasts about a week goes out well he spends another two hours so he's getting pretty tired at this point the second one goes bad the bendix sticks in the flywheel and tears the flywheel up right so now the transmission's got to come out right brings dust seven hours later we pull a transmission change flywheel we put an oem starter back on it but he's got to pay a core charge because they won't take this piece of junk back as right. a core. So the point is, so, so much money that is wasted could have been prevented. Sure. And most of the time, it's just by getting a proper diagnosis and listening to the people that know. There's a reason why we use OEM parts. The reason is because they are the least expensive part I can use. That's right. It's way less expensive to pay $100 more and get a good starter than to put a cheap piece of junk and tear the flywheel up. And it's way less expensive to buy the OEM coolant than it is to corrode the whole system and eat the heater core up. Yeah, with some now, stuff that's not going to work right. If $3 or $4 or $5 is that important to you, then just do what you want to do. Right. You, know, I say you don't have to listen to me. I'm, it's not mandatory. There's nothing on here that <laughs> says you got to listen to me. I'm just telling you what I know from 45 years of doing it. Exactly. I can't afford to use that stuff. I've got to use the OEM stuff, and i got to check it because it's not always up to snuff. That's right. So you got to be very, very, very careful with those kinds of things because they'll just get you in so much trouble before you even know it. Hey, going back to our phone, with David, good morning, David. Good morning. Yes,
1: morning. sir. I have 2007 Silverado trucking off, okay. and I'm getting a wearing on the inside of the tire. hmm mm-hmm on the driver's side. Okay. And I've been talking to several people that have had them, and they all said they had the same
0: problem. Well, all of them got a truck out of line then. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> Brian's got a 2007 Silverado. His don't do it. So. No. Nope. You know, I got an O2 and it doesn't do it. It's just a matter of lining the front end, right? And I got to tell you, David, there's, there's probably not a handful of people in the state of louisiana that can align a front end the way i think it should be aligned i can tell you a lot the spec that gm puts out for that vehicle doesn't work for it yeah sometimes And if they're, if they're just setting the numbers to the everything's in the green you're going to get tire wear yeah you may have to actually I was about to have, i've had it aligned and everything yeah. yeah something's it's not being done right yeah either not being done right or they're overlooking something i mean it could be some component that's bent damaged or worn but chances are we don't see a lot of front end problems with those trucks but uh, the biggest thing we see with that is the leaking rack and pinion and, rack, inner, pilar, tira, and inner, inner tire tira. rods yeah other than that we don't see much trouble out of them but it's just not getting lined right i would almost bet you you're just going to need to get someone who knows how to line it and get it lined up right and you shouldn't have any more trouble out of it okay all righty thank you much Alrighty. all right thanks. sir thanks man bye-bye all right we're gonna take one last little break and we'll be right back with more in the automotive hour Hi, it's Lewis Altazan from Agco Automotive. It's our 40-year anniversary, and the phone's been ringing off the hook with congrats from far and wide.
1: Good day, and congratulations from Buckingham Palace. Next time you're in London, Lewis, you must stop by for tea. I'm restoring an old Aston Martin and have some questions about the timing adjustments. Hope to see you soon. Lewis, it's your nanny! (laughs) I'm just kidding. I wanted to call and tell you how proud I am of you. Forty years is nothing to sneeze at. (laughs) Ho ho ho! Lewis, fixing cars right the first time for over 40 years. You've been a very good boy. I think I have something special for you this year. Keep up the good work.
0: See, calls from far and wide. I guess 40 years of high-quality work really means a lot to people and keeps me on the nice list. I can't wait for Christmas. Agco. After 40 years, it's still the place to go. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. Our host, Louis Alderson, president of Aco Automotive. Got our lead tech, Mr. Brian Terry, right here in the co-pilot seat. Hey, between tools, us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. You go ahead and give us a call. we still got a little time left. We'll be glad to get you an answer to whatever... Maybe be ailing you that's <laughs> it and before we well, our topic today was air conditioning right and before we get out of here and get run out of here today that's right we needed to go over one more component of the ac system well, and see when you think of air conditioning you think of the refrigerant side and that is certainly one side of the system but there is a second side to the air conditioning system which is the electrical side and the electrical side is going to disable it just the same as, as the refrigerant refrigerator side, side will. So let's say you've got a system and it's not cooling at all. Okay. Well, the first thing that you need to do, or one of the first things you need to do, is take like a digital voltometer, go to the compressor clutch, and see if you've got 12 volts and ground at the clutch. Even before you do that, raise the hood and look and see if the clutch is turning. Right. If the clutch is turning, then you, can, then you know you got power you there. you forget that test. That's, That's right. right. If you don't have, then see if you've got power and ground there. Now, if you do not have power and ground, there's a couple of, Several different possibilities. Uh-huh. One is the system could be low on refrigerant. And, and the low-side switch is turned it off. Another thing is the compressor clutch relay. Sure. On Hondas and Toyotas, that's a pretty common issue. We see that little relay will actually burn out. Right. And the compressor clutch won't get energized. We change the relay, fix the problem. Now, if you've got power and ground but no engagement, then you could be into the clutch itself. Right. Go bad. There's a call in there. Now, one kind of a weird uh, symptom that gives you is you're driving along, say, going from here to, let's pick Atlanta. Okay. And it cools real good, and then all of a sudden, it, it just quits. quits cooling. Right. And this was peculiar to Fords more than anything else, particularly Ford trucks. They'd cool good for a while, and then all of a sudden, they just quit cooling. Mm-hmm. And if you were to pull off on the side and look, what you'd see is that the compressor was not turning. Right. That clutch would get hot, and when it get hot, it, it would, would kick, kick out. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean the clutch is bad. That particular unit has some little shims behind the clutch. That adjust the outside plate of the, the clutch. Yeah, because that gap between the drive plate and the clutch face wears over time. Sure. As it wears, that gap gets wider. As the gap gets wider, it takes more energy to suck it down and hold it, and it starts to slip. When it slips, it builds heat. The coal gets hot, and it, it releases. Can, right. Now, when that happens, it starts to warm up, and it quits blowing cold. Once it sits there and cools off, then it starts working again. Now, the fix is just take that little dry plate off, remove one of the shims or two of the shims, put it back together, measure your gap, make sure it's correct, uh-huh. and you're fixed. Right. Now, if you let it continue to do that, it's going to burn up the clutch and possibly the compressor. Sure. So we take a very, very minor service. Yeah, an hour or less. Maybe an hour or less that could have fixed the problem, and we turn it into a new compressor. Mm-hmm. So – These are kind of things, and one recurrent theme that we've had today, and that is you can't delay when you start having air conditioning problems because there is nothing on an AC system that's going to get better in time. Right. It's going to get worse. And it's going to get a lot worse. It's going to get a lot worse. And a lot more expensive. The last thing is you've got a lot of components under the dash, little actuators and motors that uh-huh. control doors. Right, Those will affect heating and cooling as much as the AC system. If that door closes off the flow through the evaporator core, then it's going to start blowing hot air. It has nothing to do with the air conditioning system worst possible thing you go dump an extra can of refrigerant in it now nice. you overcharge the system you tore up your compression you still got the original problem right that generally is going to take some fairly sophisticated diagnostics to determine what's going on
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's generally some of them are fairly easy to get to some of them some are, of them real, are real, a nightmare tough. right yeah some of them you have to actually pull the dash out to get to them i know chevy pickup trucks suburbans and all that are real bad about temperature actuators and what they'll right. do is all of a sudden they'll start blowing hot like heater air Uh-huh turn the key off turn it back on it may start blowing cool again so when it happens what it do is cycle ignition and move on but what's going to happen is in the hottest day of august it's going to stick on it's not going to come off <laughs> and yeah, that's, that's going to so be a bad day at black rock <laughs> some, some of those actuators you can get to fairly easy some of them are not that easy to get to but well, they can be done without the dash in a chevy truck that's right hey i see we're just about out of time we're going to start winding it on up and move on out of here that's tell it. everybody how much we appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on Automotive Hour. I'd like, I thank all our podcasters for listening this week and every week, and tell your friends and go to your favorite broadcast service. And if they got a place for a written review, please give us one. That's right. We really appreciate the reviews and moves us up in the ranks so more people can see us. That way, we keep on doing the show. They won't throw us off the station. <laughs> so, hey, preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry. Have a great weekend.